What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I'm here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike. And we are discussing episode six of the What If series. And the title for this one is What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark? And this episode, I think, has been, at least I know for me and I think for Mike, this has been one of the most anticipated episodes because we just wanted to know what they were going to do with this storyline. And oh boy. And listen. Black Panther 2. The reason I love this episode is because of how far they took, like how Killmonger is playing the long game instead of just trying to snatch up Wakanda. Like, I really appreciate seeing him take his time about it as opposed to just rushing, like, in the movie where he just had everybody load up and go out and try to kill everybody who's in the Black man's way. Like, he's actually playing the long game mm-hmm. with these guys, with, with Chaka and everybody else. I This almost kind of makes it seem that he was, like, this kind of puts where people say Killmonger was right. They, you kind of have to look at him like, was he really? Because, I mean, because he... Not, I mean, I appreciate the brilliance of his plan, but he is a shady, duplicitous motherfucker. Like this motherfucker is a beast in this episode. Uh, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like, you see him like when he's talking to somebody right after he, right after he killed T'Challa, he went back. He was like, oh man, that sucks. Yeah, and killed and killed freaking Rhodey. He was just like, yeah, that sucks, man. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, we should probably you should go get him now. And it's like, like level, like, like you, like you, he did that shit with a straight face. Like, like, I don't know who did it now, but we should probably get him. I was like, damn, he's a stone cold motherfucker. This is episode six and they have killed Tony five times. Girl, let me tell you. <laughs> Between Tony and Hank Pym, it's like somebody has it out for both of them. It's like, they they, they've been Stark. getting fucked up in this episode. Like, okay, we know Tony Stark is dead. We know Iron Man is dead. You don't have to keep drilling it into us over and over and over and over and over again. We get it. It's, it's a fixed event that <laughs> has to happen. <laughs> oh my god i don't need to see it every single time every it's like a marvel version of south park it's like oh my god they killed tony you bastards okay so so for me i'm i'm going i know you guys gushed over last week's episode but i'm gonna say this was by far the best episode of what if the season i agree by far and i agree the, the main reason for that is eric was just I'm sorry, Killmonger was just on a whole nother level. He's playing 3D chess while everyone is playing checkers. <laughs> they're not even playing checkers, dude. They're, they're, they're not even they're playing, playing checkers. They're playing Jack. These people are right. playing Jack. They have, I don't know the what person, they're doing. The only people that kind of know what's going on is Pepper and Shuri. Those are the only two people that really know what's going on. Everyone and, else and, is either is hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, and let it straight or dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of the above. Check, check, above. check. <laughs> he, he clearly, he, and, and I'm like, Hanukkah, it's, or I don't know if it was Mike or Hanukkah who said this, but just the fact that he, he was taking his time and he's like, you know what? I'm going to get the throne, but I have all these other things I want to do first. And I'm going to set it up where they're going to basically hand it to me. I don't have to come in. I don't have to fight for it. I don't have to stab nobody in the back for it. They're just going to give it to me. 
Let me tell you, you the way that he orchestrated this whole thing from jump and the way that they played it out. I mean, we got more character development for Eric Killmonger in this 30 minute episode than we did in all of Black Panther. And it's one of those things where his character is so he's so three dimensional, you know, and it's like in in the movie. He seemed very straight and narrow as far as this is the goal that I have and this is what I'm going to do. He was very, very driven by revenge. And in this one, you kind of get that same feeling. But again, like you said, he's playing 3D chess. He's like, okay, I'm going to get them to trust me on this front. And then I'm going to use this to orchestrate this event. And then I'm going to fuck this shit up. And then I'm going to use this shit that I just fucked up and use that to orchestrate the next event. And it was just kind of like, if it wasn't for the fact that he was killing off the people that we care about, I would have looked at this and been like, he is brilliant. And the, the, the cool thing is in the Black Panther movie, you have some sympathy for him. Like, you yes. gotta understand where he's coming from. This Eric, he gets no sympathy. Like, Mm-mm. he wasn't even trying to be like, yeah, I want, he said it one time, I want to free my oppressed brothers and sisters in the world. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, this one, no sympathy. None. Because even though we know that his father was killed in this one, we never get the whole T'Chaka was the one who killed him. So that makes him a little less sympathetic in this version. I yeah, think. But we know that he knows. That he knows. Yeah, we just know the that, way that he, he was. And, yes. He 100% knows. Oh, oh, and I know we're going to get to it later, but shout out to the animators because Eric was throwing these side, I can call him Eric, Killmonger was throwing these side glances, mm. these little smirks. Just His side eye bit. game was strong. <laughs> Animation yes. was uh, the, on point. Yeah, his face, not even the, his his eyes, his the way he was looking. It was like the, the little smiles that he was giving. Like, it was it was almost like, kind of like Jafar-ish. It was kind of, just kind of like, you know, where, where you you know that he knows something that y'all know. And he's just like, especially at the end when he kneels before Tashaka and you see him kind of look up and like, oh, I got your ass now. And, he, and it was, I was like, oh. I really thought at that point that he was going to kill him. I really did. I thought he was going to. Oh, I didn't say. But then when yep. he didn't, I was like, oh. oh, he's about to go into this like deep, deep undercover. Like, Wolf in sheep's clothing, that is Killmonger right now. He's about to go in there. He's about to ingratiate himself. And he's about to build up that trust. And then he is going to... (sighs) They have handed him the mantle of Black Panther. They literally threw it on him. Like, they gave it to him. And and T'Challa basically told him, the ancestors are going to get your ass. I mean, T'Challa was like, either in that plate or this one. I'm like, yes! Oh, it was good. Oh, it was good. <laughs> that, and having um, having him again, Chadwick Boseman, just to hear him again, because yeah. it was Chadwick Boseman again. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, it makes me feel good to hear him because you know, we were thinking maybe the Star-Lord will be the last time we see him. No. We saw him again, and we see him again. Yeah. And it's like, man, are we going to see him for the rest of the season? Um, I, I, I hope I'm so. I'm pretty sure. 
We're gonna say it at least one more time. And and it was just it Maybe. was great. And to hear him say, yeah, like Lori said, to hear him say, we're gonna get you <laughs> either in that plane or this plane. But <laughs> you're gonna right. get it. You're gonna get it, buddy. When I tell you, Mark and I watched this, and it was you can hear a pin drop. It was that quiet. As the moment he killed Rody, we stopped talking back and forth to each other. We was just like, you know, the entire episode. I mean, like, oh, this just got deep. It was so good. It, it was, I mean, oh. At that moment, I thought that he almost had Rody. Like, you, like he would almost convince her, but I was like, nah, Rody ain't going for that shit. But it's like, the thing is, like, not only can he fight, he can talk. Like, he has a, he has, he has, he's brilliant as far as trying to convince you what he wants you to do or how he wants you to think. Right. Like, I mean, right. he fooled everybody except for like Pepper and Shuri and the Queen Mother. Shout out to the Queen mm. Mother, by the way, for kicking the ass. And, and You mean the general? Yes. I'm sorry. General Queen Mother. When he yes. turned to her and she, said, General, I was like, wait, what? What? Even if it was CGI, I wish we would have seen that Black Panther. Even if, even if we knew it was a stuff, but I wanted to see that. Like, see her rip her crown off and go at it and start beating someone's ass. Like, I, I would have lost my fucking mind. Well, I mean, we can still get it in Black Panther too. I Maybe. want that Funko Pop. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Next. I saw it. I was like, okay, you know what? I think, what if? I think this series is going to be the one that breaks my pockets with the Funko Pop because all of the ones <laughs> that they have coming out looks so good they've got the zombies coming out they've got captain carter riding on the back of the hydra buster i need that and i was like i was like yeah you know what i'm about to get all of these because they look amazing but yeah this episode so you know from the start of the episode we get iron man one tony's in the desert he's in the convoy they get attacked And Killmonger is actually the person that saves him. So Tony never gets captured. He never has a reason to create the Iron Man suit. So Tony doesn't become what we see him become in the actual films. He's still the playboy. He's still the arrogant businessman, except now he has a muse, which is Killmonger. And Killmonger comes in and you know, he makes him his head of security. And from the onset, Killmonger is like, yeah, so Obadiah, let's talk about this hit that you had on Tony. And he basically reveals it to all the public, therefore securing Tony's trust in him. Now, I'm wondering too, even though it's never said in the episode, I wonder if Killmonger was actually working with Obadiah. You know, he claims that he intercepted plans to kidnap Tony or whatever. I wonder if Killmonger was the one who was actually supposed to kidnap Tony and then he just changed it around and used it to his benefit. I mean, that's pretty much what he did the whole episode. No, I think I think it was tracking the movie, the way the movie went. I think Killmonger, I think that was the change in this universe was that he was infiltrating the Ten Rings and saw what was going to happen and decided to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you say, he infiltrated the Ten Rings. The Ten Rings were the ones who were trying to come and uh but that's what he he discovered, but he wasn't working with Obadiah. I think he just happened to stumble across what they were planning to do. He was like, oh, okay. I got you. 
But wasn't Obadiah the one who hired the Ten Rings in the in the first Iron Man movie to kidnap him? He did, but I'm saying yeah. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. But Eric didn't. Eric didn't know until he found out. It mm-hmm. wasn't like he was part of the Ten Rings and conspiring with Obadiah. Okay, gotcha. He just happened to see the information. Was like, oh, okay, I can use this to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And oh but, my God, he really did. <laughs> I I I I'll say this, and they've done it a few times. And I was telling Mark this when I was watching it today. I love how the animation has basically mimicked slash copied direct scenes from the movies. Mm-hmm. I love how they've done that because it's like I'm every time I see an episode, I want to go back and watch said movie that the scenes are from. Right. I mean, watch this maybe want to go back and watch Iron Man. Same. Same. I, I mean, the just the way that they did, and honestly, this whole scene with them, you know, because I'm watching it right now, where they're, you know, they're in the in the desert. It's like it might actually have been done a little bit better than the movie. I mean, it's just it it, it blows me away at how good the animation is in this, and the feel and the tone. And the thing is, is that Tony is being Tony, but it's like anime, and I'm like. I'm not a huge fan of animation except for like one or two things, but more and more I'm getting into this animation stuff. Yeah. Only time yeah. I've been into it was Justice League. Yeah. And Airbender. And I, I'm at the part where they're in Tony's basement or his lab, whatever you want to call it, and Killmonger's telling him about Project Liberator. Mm. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's when I really started putting it together oh, he's going to use Tony in some kind of way to become the HNIC. I mean, that's basically what he's doing. And watching them look at these plans for the Liberator, I found it real funny. They had Killmonger say, what? I like anime because Michael B. Jordan is a huge anime person in real life. So I love the fact that through that in there. And fun fact is um, the, the, the gear that he wears in Black Panther and here, is actually designed from the gear that that Vegeta and the Ginyu Force wore. I was gonna say because there was a promo image. The what? The what? Of Dragon Ball Z. What? Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Okay. There was a promo image of Killmonger in his suit. I said, "Why does he look like Vegeta?" That was the first thing that came to (laughs) my mind. Like he looks like Vegeta. Real. But I mean, just the way that it's it's like the way that they were working on this you've got a little bit of uh like he says gundam you've got a little bit of uh pacific rim going on Mm, (laughs) it was just mm -hmm. like all of these things in this episode and then you you know talk about uh when tony says if we had a miniature arc reactor or if, if we um you know had another arc reactor and then when killmonger gives him his ring I was like, oh, this is about to be so bad. I mean, it's going to be good in some ways because it's Tony Stark. So you can just imagine the brilliance that he's about to put into all of these things. But it's like everybody around him is cautioning him. Pepper is like, um, no, you don't want to work with Ulysses Claw. And he's like, I'm not going to. We're going to send Rhodey in to do it. Rhodey can do it as part of the military, diplomatic cover. Hey, we're above board. And I was like, oh, Tony, this is I, immediately. I was like, Tony, this is no, mm-mm. this is not going to work out <laughs> the way that you want it to work out. I did not expect idea. it to go the way that it did because I did not think about T'Challa coming in at this point. 
but I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm like, oh, we've seen this before. And then when everything starts to go to shit, I was just like, oh, this is a, there's a bigger picture with this with Killmonger, you know? And it's, I mean, he used Claw to pull in Rhodey and T'Challa. He kills Rhodey and T'Challa and then goes back into the military like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. The Black Panther killed Rhodey. And then, of course, sending word back or however he did it to the Wakandans that, yeah, Rhodey, who is U.S. Air Force, killed T'Challa. And so now you're pitting these two countries against each other, all the while your hands are seemingly clean. But of course, Tony Stark being Tony Stark, he has the evidence that he needs to put Killmonger away. Now... In, in Tony Stark, in Tony Stark fashion, his narcissism made him think he can take care of it himself. Exactly, and that's what I was oh, about to say. You know, oh. we have said this before. Like we've said this talking about other shows. When you have everything that you need to bring someone down, you don't give away what you have before you've actually put anything into place. Because now you've got Killmonger on edge. You guys fight, you bring in your version of his liberator and he still takes it out and then kills you in the process. So now, like you say, Lord, we've watched Tony Stark die for like the 365,000,000, mm-hmm. 287,537th time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange kept seeing Tony die and it's like, you know, he just doesn't live at all. Like, that's just... Uh. Yeah, it's almost as if they're trying to make a point or something, you know, at the point, you know, it's almost ridiculous. But my my only problem with that little in the whole thing is that when Pepper goes in and I watch the part where uh, they're they're in the garage and she's talking to Rhodey and Rhodey is like, well, we can't find anything bad with him. And he did a surface. I'm like, Pepper, we know you, Rhodey. Do a deeper dive. Just do a deeper dive. But they didn't do it. They did like two levels and it didn't go the third. I'm like, that's your mistake right there. Because if they would have done a deeper dive, they would have found think Pepper out. dug as deep as she could. I think she she mm. got she did, dug as deep as she could. But the thing is, Eric is basically works for the CIA. So all his personal information has been scrubbed. Right. So she got as much as she's ever going to get. Not to mention the fact that Eric is smart as shit. I mean, he graduated Annapolis at yes. graduated MIT well, a year yeah. later. Dude is smart as fuck. So if he if he doesn't want you to find something, unless he's actually he's doctor, right? Exactly. Uh, if he doesn't want you to find something, unless you're unless you're Tony Stark or Reed Richards or somebody else really smart, you're not going to find it. Like it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna happen because he's he's way too smart and calculating and cunning for you to find out anything that he doesn't want you to find out. Well, I was gonna say do do DNA, but that but you have nothing to compare because you have nothing for Wakanda, you know. So, but yeah, I I okay, I'll give you that. But see, I don't know, I don't know. I I guess because of where I work. Uh, there, there are other alternatives to get more background on people. So I'm sitting there watching with just a little bit of disbelief. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I part of me, well, Shuri later on. And by the way, could they make her any shorter? 
She'll fix well, and she actually is younger in this version. She, she is. I mean, like she, a girl. yeah. Okay. 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 All right. So what's okay. this? Because we're going, we're going back to when back to Iron Man one time. So it's like that's what. Yeah. Six, six seven years. years. Okay. Okay. So she, so she should be yeah. like twelve. Okay. Because I'm going. She's not that short in real life. What happened? She went yeah. Right but yeah but yeah i i'll give you that but see here here's the other thing that that had me kind of kind of concerned because if going back to him working with obadiah and all that stuff you would think that with him being the elite you know seal this that that somebody on our side would have some more information on him that tony but see because tony didn't become iron man he's not curious so i think that killmonger was safe doing his long con with Tony because he knew that Tony wouldn't go below the surface. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'll, I'll give that. I'll give that. But I mean, that's his downfall because mm-hmm. everybody's been telling him, you know, everybody was cautioning him like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, Pepper and Happy, the people who are closest to you, who know you inside and out, they're the ones looking out for you and you're just not paying attention. And you let this person come in, this outsider, and not only did he get you to build him the ultimate weapon, he also framed you for murdering T'Challa mm-hmm. and making that kind of the basis of this war that's about to happen between the United States and Wakanda. And now you're not even alive to defend yourself. And you know, the interesting thing about these episodes that I've noticed is we're starting to see Oatu more and more in the episodes. Like when the first episode was there, he was there in the beginning, but he wasn't really watching over everything like he has been in the last couple of episodes. Like in the last couple of episodes, he's gotten a little more involved. He's still not putting his hands on anything. He's not changing anything, but he's observing enough to the point where even Dr. Strange was able to notice him. And even in this episode, you see him kind of looking over how things are going. So I'm like, sometime in the next few episodes, I think we have what, three episodes left? Is he actually going to get involved in this? That going to also be part of what happens with this whole multiverse? I cannot. I will not. That's what you say now. But like I said, see, look at, his presence has look at been this increasing way. in the last few episodes. Look at it this way, Anthony. The way he says he cannot, will not interfere is the way you say you cannot, will not give any theories. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> so coming. you're saying that I'm the Uatu of the You are the Uatu of the Phantom Pirate Podcast. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Yes. You're now branded. Oh, God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh. I think you might be onto something. I, I know. I get. I keep getting thrown off by that. I, is it a Kia commercial? Is Hyundai. The car it's commercial a Hyundai commercial. With yeah. the with if it's a Hyundai. with Thor with Thor in the driving around doing donuts and thing. shit. Yeah, it's a Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. And Watu like reaches his hand out. He does. Wait, wait a second. Oh wait, that's a car commercial. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he gets me every fucking time. But yeah, I, I mean, because at this point, like I said, his presence is increasing in the episodes. Like he's still just looking from afar, but you notice that these events are registering on his radar. He's looking like, okay, let me see how far they're going to go with this. And it's just to the point now where I'm like, okay, we have three more episodes left. 
what's going to be the breaking point because we know because we've discussed Mm -hmm. with the prior episodes at some point all of these episodes are going to converge they have to be resolved in some way shape form or fashion and I think they're all playing towards this one big climax so what is it that's going to tip things over the edge to the point where Oatu is like okay you know what y'all done took this shit too far let me step in and is that gonna play into what happens with <laughs> he's not he's not whatever he's not you're not gonna step in i mean but think he about it. he never steps in i don't know like i say he's looking at things a lot more than he was let's say in the first two episodes because in the first two episodes aside from the intro we never saw him in the episode am i wrong no, you're right. I don't right, know. I may have okay. to go back. I have to go back and watch okay, it. Uh, okay, let me background. let me clarify. The only time the watcher, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, the only time that the watcher gets a little rowdy bowdy about stuff is if it involves Reed Richards and Galactus. Did you say other than that? Wait, did you say rowdy rowdy? Yeah. Was that a masterpiece? Yes, that yes she rowdy, did. Rowdy pipe. Uh, yes, I, did. I thought I was just gonna say rowdy rowdy. Rowdy rowdy pipe. I'm sorry, I've been watching a- AEW wrestling. <laughs> If you bowed it, I have a DVR on my sling, and I've been watching a lot. Look, CM Punk came back. Okay, I'm now back in. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah. and heels is awesome. So <laughs> I'm back on my wrestling game. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that the Watcher, like I said, unless it's Reed Richards and Galactus Silver Surfer stuff, he doesn't really get bent out of shape. But when it comes to those people, then he's got something to say. Um. Uh, I would be very surprised if he does, but you know, Hanukkah's right. This has to come to some sort of conclusion because, so you're saying, this is episode six, so you're saying it's nine episodes? Mm-hmm. So we've got three more to go. Okay, that was my question that Mark had for me. Okay, so my thing is, is that what's the point? Because I'm sitting here and I'm watching it and and, and Mark, of course, is getting grumpy and grumpy because it's getting darker and darker. And he's like, well, how's it going to end? Because he he's like, I'm watching it with you, and neither one of us can figure out what sort of end game or problem. There has to be something from the Doctor Strange movie or the Spider-Man movie that's going to have to come into the two, like episode eight and nine, to wrap it up because you just can't do nine episodes of what if, bring in all this stuff, say it's canon via Kevin Feige, and not do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, that's my point exactly. Like, where is this going? How does this tie into the rest of the MCU if it is indeed canon? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they're probably gonna have something to do with Ego the Planet too, because you just don't introduce him finding Peter Quill like in a kind of low point of his life and maybe showing him that he has more power than he ever knew. Like that's a, it's just like in other things where nothing is introduced like kind of haphazardly if it's not going to come into play later. Like, I think there's so much stuff that they just kind of dropped in there. Like, oh, by the way, he does this. Oh, by the way, that happened. Oh, by the way, he's going to be over there. All that stuff has a purpose. And we still haven't seen, because this is probably going to come into play when they do do the reshoot of that famous first Avengers scene where Mm -hmm. they're in the circle and you see Mm Star-Lord, T'Challa, and like you see Gamora and you see them in a circle Mm -hmm. like, I, that's why that's the only thing I keep thinking in the back of my mind that Ego and Peter Quill are going to have something to do with that. Like, this just kind of, mm-hmm. I'm feeling that somehow. So it's like no, mm-hmm. nothing is int- introduced and not closed out, especially with Marvel. Like, they always bring everything back full circle. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, if you think about it, so 
when we did the T'Challa Star-Lord episode, T'Challa ended up becoming Star-Lord because Yandu came to Wakanda and Praglin and uh, Taserface picked him up instead of Peter Quill. So now right. you have Ego, who now has Peter Quill with him from a different timeline. And then you have Killmonger here in Wakanda. He's already been made the Black Panther. Chances are he's probably going to find some kind of way to kill his uncle and deflect the blame to someone else so that he can rise to the throne. Okay. Right. And then right. you also have in another episode we had where Wakanda was supposed to be the last human sanctuary against the zombies. But of course, zombie Thanos had made his way into Wakanda. So there has to be some kind of big, even though I know all of these are supposed to be happening on different timelines. You can't tell me that this is not going to have some kind of major implications in one of the other films, maybe even in Black Panther 2, because all of this stuff is happening in Wakanda. Wakanda has featured very strongly in three episodes now out of the six. That can't be coincidence. That can't be coincidence. And also, I know this is probably stretching it, but that could be a plausible way for them to have a Black Panther 2 and not have T'Challa in the film and be able to plausibly explain his absence without saying that T'Challa is dead. You get what I'm saying? Like I said, it's probably a stretch, but I mean, it's not an impossibility. Yeah, it really isn't. I mean... Like we said, I mean, once the timeline splintered, anything's possible. Like, literally anything can happen now. So this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, too. It's like Marvel needs to be careful about everything that they kind of bring in. It's like, because you can have too much of a good thing, like, mm -hmm. and then get it confused and have a splinter here and there and here and there. You went that away and this away. And it's mm. like, and everybody's like, I have no idea what's going on. So there has to be, right. I also think there has to be a point where everything kind of gets brought back to order and centralized where things actually make sense. So you got to watch for that too. But this goes back to Anthony's point a couple of months ago too, where we were discussing the Disney Plus shows and, you know, Anthony, you said that you didn't think that people who only watch the movies would watch these shows. It's almost like now they kind of have to, in order to understand what's going on, they have to watch mm -hmm. Loki at the very least. Yeah, it, it seems like they're going all in on this shared universe thing. Yes. They're going to make it more and more difficult for people to just jump in. The only only thing I can see, like Mike said, this could be too much of a good thing, but they could pivot this into something where they're basically creating pockets. And they're going to say, okay, well, now we have all this stuff that's canon. We'll do a Marvel Zombies TV show. Or we can do a Captain Carter thing. You see what I'm saying? They can do different mm -hmm. things and not have to worry about it affecting the main MCU movie line. Where right. people can jump in to a TV show and not have to watch the movies. You see what I'm saying? Like, kind of try to keep everything separate. Like, for example, I've been watching Superman and Lois. And now I just realized that so it's confusing in Superman and Lois that she has the twins and they're from an alternate timeline. They're from another universe. Mm -hmm. But she brought them Did to the Did you just spoil it? 
No, because the show's been on and it's it's been on it's, and the season's over. I'm only four. I was at the Harvest Festival. But that's not a spoiler. I know, that's, I know. that's something that happened in the business of tomorrow or something. Yeah, because I was going to say, is is that a result of the whole crisis on Infinite Earths? Like, yes. Yes. what happened yes. with Arrow? Yes. And all that, him. all that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I don't want... And this is why I don't watch the <laughs> I don't want that to happen to the right. Marvel shows where now you have all these multiple universes and weird things start happening. And you're like, okay, well, what are you going to do in the MCU? Like, are you going to throw stuff in there yeah. that doesn't make any yeah. sense and just throws everything off? So I'm like, Mike, it, it right. could be a good thing. I, just don't, I wouldn't want them to get right, you know, ahead of themselves with what they're trying to do. And what okay. if sort of seems like it's going down that path you know and all the stuff that we hear about the spider-man movie now it seems like it's more of a gimmick than being part of a, a, a epic storyline you know what actually what i've started doing is i am now ignoring anything that comes out about spider-man because we've had so many things okay um Andrew Garfield is coming back and Tobey Maguire is coming back and they're going to be in here and, you know, Charlie Cox is coming. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm just ignoring everything from this point out because we've only got a couple of months to go before this movie comes out. I'm just going to ignore everything and just watch the movie and just go from there. Yeah, but I hope they learn the lesson. Well, I, if there was a lesson to be learned from WandaVision, that gimmicks don't make the fans happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gimmicking, mm-hmm. gimmick, gimmicks and shattering unreasonable expectations or creating unreasonable expectations is right. not something that your fan base wants. Right. You know what I mean? But I think at this point, maybe they realize that because, I mean, if you think about the Spider-Man trailer, we know we're getting Green Goblin. We know we're getting Doc Ock. We've seen these people or these villains come in. So I won't say unreasonable expectations, but again, at the same time, I'm not expecting anything. That's just how I'm going to go into this film. Like, you know what? I'm just going to not worry about what happens because also too, we have to think about it. The Eternals comes out before Spider-Man does. We don't know if, you know, whatever happens in the Eternals is going to affect Spider-Man. So I, I just, just at this point, I just also, want to think. also Hawkeye comes out as well. Want, so I'm just to the point where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna consume my Marvel products as they come out, and I'm not gonna make any theories <laughs> or any assumptions about anything having to do with Spider-Man. I'm just gonna wait and walk in the theater and be like, oh, okay, this is what they decided to do. I just want two there. things. I want Kurt Connor Lizard. And I want a really, 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 really good Doc Ock because Doc Ock's my favorite villain. I want Kurt and I want Doc and I could care less about the plot because when that that trailer, when he goes and touches Doctor Strange and he takes Peter Parker out of Spider-Man, I turned it off. I was like, okay, that's all I need to say. Uh, What I want is for them to actually let Jamie Foxx be a good Electro in this movie because he got... Well, that, that too. I need that. You know, I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. I almost watched it last weekend, but I read the synopsis of the wiki and I was like, you know what? I'll pass. But yeah, I agree with you. We deserve a good Electro, just like we deserve a way, way better Mysterio. But that's just- There's a thin line between gimmicky mm-hmm. and epic mm-hmm. storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I don't want gimmicky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to see right. Tobey Maguire just because you can. 
or Andrew Garfield right. just because you can't. Or right. you know, I, I want everything to be a really epic, a really good epic the best, story. I don't want to the see the best Spider Man was Spider Man Two. I'm talking the original one. That was the best Spider Man because of course I had Doc Ock. Other than that, and, and they, I, I like uh, Homecoming. I like the reboot because I think it's a better fit than than the first movies. But for for my money, I think that the Spider Man movies as a whole have been hit or miss. I, I think that they could have done significantly better with the first set versus the second set. Unlike the X-Men, people rock the first ones. I rock the second ones better. I like the second generation X-Men movies better, except for Age of Apocalypse, that thing should be burned. But other than that, I think the second X-Men movies are much, much better. Yeah. yeah. So uh, getting back to the thing. I'm, I'm now at the part where T'Challa's telling them, you know, we're going to get that ass, you know, if you keep doing this shit. Um, is it me or does it seem to you that because of everything that we got from Black Panther, that other ancestors should have popped up and basically been behind our boy and go, yeah, or because T'Challa can't be the only uh, previous Black Panther that senses that they're, wait for it. A disturbance in the force. <laughs> no, I just think maybe the other ancestors were like, yo, T'Challa, we're gonna let you handle this. <laughs> I just think, mm. you know, but even before we get to that point where he's anointed the new Black Panther, when we get to the battle and we see this badass battle scene, Okoye going off, the Queen mm. Mother, excuse me, General going off. Yes. Did it strike anyone else's weird? It was like so weird to me to see Okoye and Killmonger fighting back to back. I was like, Am I the only one who thought that he was going to kill both of them by accident? I understand. I see what you're saying, but those two fighting back to back like that. I mean, it's the it's a perfect like you know hero enemy like grudgingly being together fighting back to back to save everything off. That shit was lit. It I was, but it was it. so weird. It felt it sacrilegious weird. to me. I, get, I, get <laughs> I thought Auntie was gonna get God. Seriously, I thought he was gonna kill his auntie because I mean, when when Akoya gets grabbed up by the the thing yes. and. He, these are, I thought, okay, there goes Okoye, and then, of course, Auntie's there. I thought he's going to accidentally kill both of them and go back to his uncle and say, oh, uncle, I'm so sorry. But it didn't happen. I'm surprised it didn't happen. Because if it would have been me, and if I was Killmonger, perfect opportunity. But like we said, way. Killmonger is playing the long game. This is true. And yes. I think if he were to kill them right then and there, it won't be as satisfying for him Mm. as if he comes back he gains all of their trust they actually anoint him the black panther which of course we see they do and then like i said i think he wants the throne too and i think at that point when it becomes clear that he's going to either get the throne or he's on the throne that's when he's gonna pull the rug from under all of them and that's when shit's gonna hit the fan well, see, Hanako, here's the thing. I agree with you, but see, as far, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as the hierarchy is concerned, he already, unspoken, has the throne, not because he is the king's uh, son slash daughter, Shuri, because he is the oldest male, he automatically is going to get the throne because only the Black Panther can be king of Wakanda. 
So that that's already in the background given that he's going to be kicked. Yeah. So that 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 I, I think is thing because Shuri in the comic books later on becomes, but that's a different thing. But because he's the oldest male and they give him the, the, the purple heart root and he becomes Black Panther, he automatically gets it. And I think that if they would have done this whole Game of Thrones thing with the hierarchy of who's in relation, technically it should go to Shuri, but because she's basically 12, it'd have to be a regent, a king regent, a queen regent. They didn't do it. So yeah, I just, I just automatically thought that, that was going to be that. I think, but it's only going to be like that until somebody challenges him. Because anyone of the royal bloodlines can challenge right. somebody right. for the Black Panther, the mantle. So it's possible that the 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 I was trying to explain this to the the spawn that lives with me, who's related <laughs> to me by marriage. That I was trying to explain to her that the king being king of Wakanda and the Black Panther can sometimes be two separate things. Mm-hmm. Because remember, in I think it was that Winter Soldier, where T'Chaka was still the king, but T'Challa but was the Black T'Challa Panther. T'Challa was the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's the same thing. T'Chaka is still the king, and Eric is the Black Panther right. until someone challenges him. Which I don't know if anyone can challenge him unless it's for the throne. So maybe after the uncle dies then the throne is up for grabs along with the mantle of the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Because that's what M'Baku was like, you know, who are going to pass it to this child over here? We won't stand yeah. for it, no. Right. Sure. That was awesome. <laughs> so Killmonger clearly has won over the approval of his uncle, his aunt, and Okoye, the three top people that he needs to gain the trust of in Wakanda. Shuri, on the other hand, is like, no, motherfucker, we ain't falling for this. And she actually goes to Pepper in America and says, okay, look, um, we have a common enemy. And Pepper's like, okay, so how are we going to do this? Oh, okay, let's get started. I was like, I didn't know I needed this team up no. until I saw this scene. And now I need this team up. And then I've seen some of the promo images for, I don't know, the the next episode, but I know it's one of the future episodes. And I was like, yeah, I I need this team up. The cool thing was what Watcher said, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm not like Mike. I I can't write things down. I'm not quick enough. But it was basically like, even though T'Challa and Tony are dead, their legacy on and that's in Shuri and Pepper. Like yeah, can, he says heroes are never really gone, they, they live, live forever. forever. Mm-hmm. And as do the ones they mm-hmm. inspire to carry on the fight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it just it hit me because this is an episode where we actually see T'Challa die. And then I was just like, it's 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 too much. Yeah, it's too much. He's I not couldn't. a snack, he actually dies. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> or a meal. <laughs> Yeah, that that was still weird. But yeah, this episode, when I say I was looking forward to this episode and it gave me more than I expected. But at the same time, I was sitting here in shock like, oh, shit, Killmonger really just manipulated 
everybody to basically hand him Wakanda and the Black Panther mantle on a silver platter. And nobody else aside from Pepper and Shuri are none the wiser. I'm like, wow. This is my it, thing. How, I mean, how, how are the other tribes? I mean, I know what he did, but how are they okay with this? This dude came from nowhere, from the outside, raised in the world. And no one's listening to Shuri. She's like, he's just an outsider. Like, but I mean, he brought them claw. But, but well, I was asking still. that too, because where was the Jari? Where was the outer clans? Where was the water tribe? I'm sitting there going, so there's just going to, I think it was because T'Chaka. We only had 30 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think, I think, well, yeah. Well, I think it's because T'Chaka is still alive. If he was dead, then I think you would have get more of a rally. Because remember, the Jabari really, really only came to be once T'Chaka was dead. Right. That's yeah, true. They, and that's they, in the they comic were books, hidden, too. They're up in the mountains. They, they still up in the mountains. Right. You know, news doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard getting a text message up in right. the mountains. Because <laughs> it's our people, they all have Android. No, the way no, no reception up there, man. The snow, the wind, the kid, kids eating. Exactly. Nobody wanted, no, all that yeah, shit. Nobody yeah. wanted to, to, uh, but, to do that. But, I mean, the whole thing is, I think that Queen Mother General Warrior probably has some inkling as well. Because I don't think that Shuri would have been there if the mother wouldn't have known. It's like, I think the mother actually kind of has a little bit of an inkling. And like Shuri's telling her and she's like, uh, she probably told Shuri to give her more proof. So she went to Pepper and showed her all that and got the proof, showed it to Pepper because she needed an ally on the other side as well. So that when they come together, they can actually, they can actually do some, it's, you know, two heads are better than one in this situation because, I mean... Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony and Shuri are geniuses, and but Killmonger's no slouch, as we've said before. Like he's smart as fuck. So it's better to have have two people thinking, thinking how to stop him, better than just Shuri by herself trying to figure it out. But I believe that General Queen Mother is kind of thinking about it too. I don't know. She looked pretty convinced. <laughs> well, especially because she said Chichala. See, I don't think so because I think I think I think. When she stood and she said for T'Challa, I think she kind of let it known that she was thinking a little different because at the end of the day, her son is dead. Okay. And we had Auntie uh, Angela, we had the queen, you know, she did a, did a voice, which I thought was awesome, uh, especially with 911 coming back. So she's busy. But my thing is, is that I think that with, with Queen Ramona, I think that she in the back of her mind was thinking about how her son died because as a mother and I, I don't have kids but as a mother i would think that you would be no matter you've got this nephew that just pops up and he's like all that and uh, bad tricks he's like the most awesome thing ever you gotta ask yourself well why are you showing up now why are you awesome and you don't really seem that broken up that your cousin is that now, as someone who literally has no cousins, I don't know what it's like to have to hang out with cousins. I have no idea what that's like. But I guess if I would have cousins, that I guess I would be kind of broken up because I don't have the people I grew up with. Yeah, but but I mean, he didn't grow up with T'Challa, so he wouldn't have that kind of emotional connection, mm. you know, mm. because mm. I mean, even... I have lots of cousins, I have aunts and uncles, but I'm not very close to my dad's side of the family. 
when something happens on that side, especially if it's somebody I've never grown up with, never met. Mm, okay. It's just kind of a, you feel sad because it's family, but there is a detachment there because you don't know that person enough to mourn okay. for them. And I okay. think that was okay. kind of the case here. And then not only that, I mean, we know that Killmonger actually killed T'Challa, but there's no way that any of them would know that they wouldn't have even known that he was there. You know uh, what I'm saying? So it's just one yeah, of those okay. things where it's like, oh, okay. I heard that the United States or that the government or the military, they killed T'Challa. Let me see what I can do on this end. And, you know, he can play that role. Like, yeah, I'm part of the American military. I didn't know what they were going to do. And then they killed someone who I realized is my cousin. Let me, you know, go back to the mother country and see what I can do to help avenge the family. He has the perfect way in for that, especially once she questioned it and King T'Chaka was like, you guys didn't know about him because I didn't let you know about him. Like, and I can't basically admit it right there. Yeah. I knew about him. Yep. You know, and you can see a little bit of, I guess, Killmonger's longing for family just a little bit because when T'Chaka walks up to him and places his hand on his face in that loving gesture, you can see, Mm -hmm. you know, Killmonger's face kind of softens for a minute. Like, oh my God, this is family. But then when T'Chaka says, you have your father's eyes, you can see that facial expression change just slightly, but change enough that we know he's thinking, and you murdered my father. So let's get on with the charade. And then he goes. So 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 let me get the cultural norms out of the way. So basically what you're saying is that T'Chaka and, and, and Eric are at the cookout and Eric is cool, but then he realizes that Chaka brought the potato salad. Right around there. I'm just saying. I, you know, I don't know if that works because T'Chaka bringing potato salad, him being a black man, the potato salad will probably be fire. That will probably work better if it was like pepper bringing the potato salad. Okay, all right, like okay, okay, okay. So yeah. Mayonnaise, so, yeah. mustard, but, and okay, a little he, paprika. Hey, he brought the wing dip. That's all. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. okay. Paper tits. <laughs> so Killmonger, I think, you know, like I said, he let his guard down for that little second, like, oh, this is family. And then he was reminded mm-hmm. like, oh, but you killed my father, you backstabbing, whatever, whatever. So yeah, it's like you said, we know what happened, even if they didn't say it specifically right, in this episode. Right. You could tell it just in Killmonger's facial expressions. And again, shout out to the animators because they did make this episode like his facial expressions, I was looking at it like, yeah, that's Michael B. Jordan. That's definitely him. You know, you can see everything he was thinking on his face very subtly, but yeah, you can see it. It was very subtle, but it was there. So now I'm like, mm. look, what's the next episode that's coming out? Party Thor. Oh, yay. So we're going to get some Thor. We're going to get some Loki, maybe. That'll work. It's like, what possibly could they screw up for Thor? <laughs> you know, like, you know there's so much. And unworthy and not really wanting to be worthy. That they could do. Like, like not caring about it. I want to go back to the scene where Tony finds out that Killmonger killed Rhodey and T'Challa. Like when he, when he activated the drone and that whole sequence of Tony... Like, mm-hmm. basically letting the darker side of his personality out was so fucking unsettling. Like, he was just in there like, what do you say? To killers? And, like, the whole look on his face. 
Like I was like, I was like, fucking shit. Like we never, because that that's the side of him we've never seen in the movies. Like we've never seen him like that driven. Like we've kind of seen it like when when Rhodey fell from the sky in Civil War, we kind of saw it then, and like a couple of other instances. Yes. But this is the first time that we've actually like he's had. We we've never seen him, for lack of a better word, bloodlusted like that. Like he he didn't want to knock him out or beat him up. He wanted to kill. Killmonger. He didn't. He wanted to unalive him as much as he could, as quickly as he could. Like he wanted to crush him, like till there was nothing. Well, I mean, think about what you just said. The only other time we've really seen him like that was in Civil War when Rhodey got hurt. Rhodey was killed in this episode, and Killmonger was the one who killed him. And when he found out that Winter Soldier killed that Bucky killed his killed his parents, like those are the two times when you could look in his eyes and he's like. I'm killing you. Like, you, I, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, for real. But, like, Rhodey in that instance was just injured. In this episode, he was actually killed. And not only that, you have the killer in your house. And this killer also tried to frame you for everything that went down, including Rhodey's death. Right. So, yeah. I would expect him to be a little bit on the murderous side in this one. <laughs> Plus the other thing we do know, Tony does not like being taken for a fool. And yeah. Killmonger played Tony in this episode like a fucking symphony. So yeah, Tony's a little bit pissed and rightfully so. But we've said this before, trying to fight when you are that angry, it never works out in the end nope. because he's too focused on his anger and again a, a little bit arrogant like oh yeah i took your design and i made it my own and now it only does what i say instead of what you say all you did was piss killmonger off a little bit more because you appropriated his stuff and then used it against him and i think one of the things too that we have to really talk about was what tony said to him at the end right before he died he said you know for a minute there i thought it was going to be you and me against the world and killmonger says we're not fighting the same battles and he says two gearhead orphans trying to do right by our fathers we sound the same to me and then killmonger says the difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me and we all know what that meant you know yes they have a lot of similarities but again, Tony, privileged, rich, white boy, you know, he, he's an orphan, but he grew up with all the creature comforts. He had the money. He had the support. He had the background. He had everything that he needed for his life to be okay. Killmonger, on the other hand, did not. And he had to struggle. He had to fight. And it's that struggle and that fight that makes him who he is in this episode. But there are times when we all say, or people have all said, you know, we want to get to a world where you don't see color. That's not one of those situations. Like you have to acknowledge the differences. And I think the fact that Tony didn't kind of set Killmonger off a little bit more. You know, he's like, yeah, you think that we're the same, but there's no similarities between us. Like there's a certain stopping point where the ways we are but, similar diverges. Like I have the smarts, I have the wherewithal to do this, to plan this, 
to come up with these plans for this weapon yeah. and everything but but, that, that, but he didn't have the money the mm-hmm. influence the power to get it all done mm-hmm. he had to go to someone else and you know that, that probably that pissed line, him off too that he had to go get that from somewhere else well Heiko, that line was beautiful oh it was most that, definitely that the, the the way that he he didn't yell it he quietly even less than he says yeah but see the difference is you can't see us I, yeah that right there if nothing else made the episode that was a beautiful line and it, it was, was so oh and so he, and it, powerful and it, and it wasn't him being manipulative it wasn't him being cagey or crafty it was just him being what a black man who has intelligence who has poise who has his faculties who's not on drugs who's not on alcohol he's just being a strong black man granted he's got some issues but a strong black man saying like it is and i'm sitting there and and like i said that made it that made it Yeah. yeah But of course, I did go online. I did see some people who were upset about the line. Oh, here they go. Because, oh, here they go. Bring a race into it again. Like, have y'all not Not at you, but at the people saying that. I love how Marvel has just been sliding the race stuff into all these different shows. Yes, because it needs to be there. Sliding in Killmonger battling the white male patriarchy. Well, yeah, yeah, but see, I, I was raised by my grandparents and, and and my grandfather, who I love dearly and still love, even he's passed, he would have kind of sided with that, but at the same time, I'd be like, okay, I need to call you out because you're saying this isn't the way it should be, but you look like this. See, this is the problem. You've got people who have problems with black people speaking their truth but you don't like it because they're not what you want them to present to society okay i thought that killmonger whatever he did through this episode was wrong hateful me whatever but in the back of my mind i applauded him because he he okay we, we talk about uh, American guys. We talk about Anastasi, the spider, Mr. Nancy. He was, for all intents and purposes, Anastasi. He was the spider god. He literally slithered and got and plotted and planned his way in, around, over, and through to get to his end game. He was Anastasi. And I thought that was cool. But I'm also digging deeper, you know, because I've, I've, I've only watched it twice, but I can see because of the Black Panther movie, I can see where he dipped and died where, again, this is a what if. This is the brilliance of a what if. Now, I called it the beginning of this episode, Black Panther 2. And the reason why I said that is because even though this was only, what, 35 minutes, mm-hmm. 33 minutes, we got so much content. This was literally... Black Panther 2 without us getting Black Panther 2 because we got a whole side thing. I mean, it was so impactful and it was so awesome. But again, Kevin Feige aside, and I submit to you guys, I believe a what if should not, unless you guys, like you were talking about the other week, unless it was uh, uh, Unknown Tales or whatever, a what if should stay a what if and not translate into the MCU, into Marvel Comics. What if should be standalone, stationary, not translate, but if you're going to move it into the MCU, 
this was a hell of an episode. You gave us a hell of an idea. Damn. Yeah, I would I would actually consider this more Black Panther one and a half than Black Panther two, just because okay. of all the all the links uh, all the links to the first Black Panther movie, and it's not mm-hmm. really like a new adventure. But mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, and I, and I agree with it. I think that it could offer a lot of parallels to Black Panther two, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. the but like you said, this is the whole thing you know, going on another tangent. It's kind of the thing about setting the what if up as canon. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but what part of it are you going to use? Like, it's canon. Okay, that's fine, but what part are you going to use for it? It's like, you, you just, it, again, it gets tricky as fuck. Like, trying to figure out what to use and what not to use, what counts, what doesn't count. I mean, that, that, that's kind of, a, kind of a really tricky type rope to walk with them. I mean, this is still really good and, like, mind-blowing, like I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the the remainder of this season to see how everything kind of reaches the climax. It's, it should be really good. Ugh. The the only thing I have to say is that I, it's sort of unrelated to what we were kind of talking about. This is more about Tony. It's amazing, like how much of a change him being kidnapped, him being kidnapped showed us that he was able to get some humility. And you see what happens to mm-hmm, him. He doesn't mm-hmm. have that humility. Right. You know, right, right. that yep, that yep. his whole outlook on the world, we don't we don't realize how much that shifted how he viewed the world. I mean, he was still an arrogant jerk afterwards, but he was a good arrogant jerk, not a mean arrogant jerk. And and I think that's one of the beauties of what if that I like those little slight things that happen in your life can completely change the kind of person you are. Well, I think the big thing too is to remember that because he didn't get kidnapped in this episode, he didn't meet Jensen and Jensen was the, the That was thing the influence. That, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. influenced him, that changed his way of thinking and that made him who he eventually became. Thank you, so, Hanukkah. Yeah, that's so, where I, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so when <laughs> when he gets saved by Killmonger, of course, Killmonger, for all of the he, ways that they are different, they are the same in some aspects. Killmonger does have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He does have a little bit of arrogance, you know, and he really fed into Tony's narcissism and his his own arrogance. So, yeah, I mean, like, he was very much the exact opposite of Jensen. Yeah. And we saw what the consequence was of that. Tony Stark ended up, he ended up doing all of Killmonger's dirty work for him. Killmonger didn't have to do a thing. I mean, he did end up doing some stuff, but, you know, for the most part, no. Tony was going to do all of this because I'm Tony Stark. I can build anything. And we see where that led him. Once again, trying to build a suit of armor to protect the world. <laughs> yeah, that's an absolute point for Tony Stark. Right. Mm. 100%. Um, okay, real quick, shout out to Tony drinking 1926 McAllen. He said that the real crime was filling his 1926 McAllen, which was recently auctioned at Stockholm Beast for $1.9 million a bottle. Yes. What? Don't tell my husband. Wow. No, like, really, don't tell my husband. I was like, I like scotch. I personally, I love scotch, but I don't love scotch like that. I can't, I, I'm not, I'm not dropping a million on, wow. I two million on damn bottle of scotch. I refuse. 
Shout out to the exchange between Tony and Killmonger when he told Killmonger he wanted him to be the CEO. Where he said, "We'll be like Butch and Sun- Sundance," and Pepper said, "They died at the end." Tony he was like, "Okay, bad example." I thought that was funny as shit. It, that it was just cute. Showed, that it was showed cute. Pepper as the voice of reason, who kind of the one who kind of bring Tony in as much as that can happen, but it usually doesn't happen. But she's always um, been the voice of reason for Tony. Right. I, I feel bad that she wasn't really there. Like, she wasn't the one that really was the tipping point, like, to help him, but help him out to get past mm. all that because he just wouldn't listen. Um, Shout out to well, the robots yeah. kind of resembling the robots from Hammer Industries and Iron Man 2, like, making me think that Hammer is somewhere out looking, you know what, I could have done that. I could do that better. Mm. I can just hear him now. Shout out to Killmonger for two things. Um, first, he quoted Howard Stark saying, peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. I think that's, like, from the first Avenger, I think. Also, he said his dad died by gang violence. It kind of seems like he sees T'Chaka and the other Wakandans as a gang. I kind of got that from that for some reason. I could be wrong about that. Like, mm. totally. Shout out to all the parallels. Like, the Sonic Taser parallel really got me. When he had that, except it was a gun this time and not like a little, like, kind of remote thing. Where he disabled Rhodey and T'Challa. It's the same, it's the same kind of technology. Robotized staying immobilized Tony and took his um, little arc reactor out of his chest in the first Iron Man. Also, the lights on T'Challa's casket read Wakanda forever if you translate them when they when they brought them. I was wondering about that. Yeah, is that they actually read Wakanda forever. The moment of this episode was when Queen, when General Queen Mother threw the spear through the two warbots, jumped up and grabbed them and raised them above her head like that and said, for T'Challa and they started saying, Yibambe, I got chills. Like all throughout my life, I cried. I, I, I cried. I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I was. I felt a tear running down too. I. I just. I was just. This is. This episode was everything I thought it was going to be and more. I just really love. It's like I. I respected the character of Killmonger in the movie, but I think this. This part, I. I really admire his cunning in this. In this episode, like the way that he just is like thinking two steps ahead. And like him fully executing this plan and trying to get to the end game that he wants, I fully respect that. And I, while while I don't necessarily agree, and I know that somehow it's going to work against him, like the way the way that he went about this, I was like, all right, I got to give it to him. That's this shit is fucking genius. Like he got everything he wanted, and it's like he you know, really only has two, maybe three people that are onto him. But it's like they can't really do anything at the moment. So I'm really looking looking forward to, like I said before, the climax to everything and see how it's going to go. It should be pretty dope. Um, what we say the next episode was? Um, Party Thor? Party Thor. Yes, Party Thor. Which I, I, I don't know. I mean, are you guys uh, concerned any about, this is a question I would ask. Are you guys concerned that this is going to have any uh, tangible effect, negative or positive, on what they call the alternative Marvel universe, the six one six universe. Because we're doing what if, but if they're going to do party Thor in a six one six, he's more like a an environmental hippie type of a person. And of course, you've got you know uh, Reed Richards, and you've got you know the thing with the you know with Franklin and all that. Do you think that this is going to affect anything? Because uh, I, I think anything is possible yeah. after the multiverse fracturing. 
I mean, okay, but you, you see what I'm you. saying, though, right? I, I I understand where you're going, but I think at this point, we just have to say everything is up for grabs. Facts. Okay, uh, okay, I'm just gonna say this. Um, I like six one six, but as for my money, for a better alternative, I like Elseworlds DC better because I think that at least with Elseworlds they have a better structure. But I, 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 I don't think that right now, this, I understand what you're saying, right, right. but I, I don't think, see, they've always considered like the MCU, the separate universe right, and everything right, else. Right, right. And I think that's sort of, they're just going to stick to, we, we're putting out what we're putting out and okay. they're okay. not going to concern themselves with 616 and, you know, Earth Prime and all that craziness. They're just going to, what you see is what you get. And I think that's because they never talk. They've never really talked about Earth Six One Six in any right. form well, or fashion. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. So I, just, I, I don't think that's not something they're they're concerned about. I think they're looking at all the all that stuff for yeah. inspiration, but I don't think they're looking at it to to kind of guide what they want to do. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Because they've changed so many things, like Tony and Bruce building Ultron. True. That's you know, true. they you, you just start with fundamental things that are just different. Right. Well, yeah. And, and, and I think the thing is, is that if you do, you know, court those ideas, as they would say, you, you'd have to, uh, because, because the MCU is divorced from X-Men and divorced from uh, Fantastic Four and divorced from Galactus and Silver Surfer. You just got to take things in stride with how they do things because in a perfect world, these things would be melded a little bit better. Just like I think that the anchor that they have with the Spider-Man movies would be stronger. Just like the other thing that bothers me about the movies is that uh, I think it was episode four uh, when they were talking about what if the Avengers had all been killed, when you brought in uh, Betsy Ross and you brought in General Ross and you brought in the whole thing with the Hulk and how relevant the Hulk, the Hulk movies are, even though they're crap and they did the same movie twice, to tie in. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, the question that we're going to have is how much is what if going to impact everything right. i agree 100%. At, the, at the end of the day that's that's the question yes and I, agree. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there isn't a way that all these things are going to tie together because like laurie said the issues are standalone like anything that happens in a what if doesn't affect anything else it's just a what if we propose this is a possibility of something that could happen and they leave it at that and I could honestly see that that's how, but if that's how it's gonna go, like after at the end of the ninth episode, we're all gonna be looking around like that's it, that's it, <laughs> crickets. <laughs> I agree with you, Anthony, but I, you know, at the same time, I'm kind of like I, I don't know. I I think I think it's gonna tie into the bigger universe. At, we or at want, least I should say we want to. We hope. We pray. Yeah. Yeah. We theorize, we do all these things, and at the end of the day, we're going to be looking around like, 
that's that's all that's all you got for us yeah wait yeah. we we do we do theorize anthony is that what we're doing i was saying <laughs> we in quotation marks mm-hmm. there is no really me in we <laughs> there is a me in we because we are family i got all my podcasters and me and you <laughs> on that note that's it for our show <laughs> You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can listen to the Phantom Hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms, including now Amazon Music and Audible. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.